Welcome to 100 Entrepreneurs Lessons Learned. This is Amanda Weathersby for 100 Entrepreneurs Foundation. Today I'm interviewing H.T. Tran, a veteran who has built a building and engineering construction company in the San Francisco Bay Area. H.T. and I are going to talk about his experience in building his great business. Hi, H.T. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me on today. It's a great opportunity and I'm very honored to be here. Well, we're honored to have you here. Uh, let's start out. Um, please talk. Uh, my life before I became an entrepreneur <laughs> was, uh, well, I was a, you know, in 2003, I graduated with a business marketing degree. I had no intentions of going into business at that time. I was recruited, uh, getting recruited by the San Jose Police Department to work the uh, undercover Asian gang uh, narcotics unit, uh, but more focused on the uh, organized crime section. And that's really what I wanted to do. Uh, I was told by one of my mentors, uh, one of the police officers, like, you know, to not do a criminal justice degree and uh, do something else to have as a fallback plan just in case you got injured on the job. Well, needless to say, you know, with no budget in California during 2004, 2005, uh, you know, pondering years after years, I decided to enlist myself into the Army since my family background, we have a long lineage of... Uh, of military traditions, and so I thought it was a great time. I was 26, uh, and then I was stationed with the uh, Tenth Mountain Division, uh, Triple Deuce Infantry. Uh, deployed to Iraq in 2007, was severely injured uh, in 2008, um, and then I was at Walter Reed for 15 months, and that's when I met Bob Nelson with, of 100 Entrepreneurs. And you know, I was still kind of pondering what I wanted to do. Uh, eventually, I kind of sold out to the corporate world, went to go work for Northrop Grumman after I left Walter Reed in 2009. Uh, realized within the first six months that the corporate world wasn't really for me. Um, you know, the main factor was was that I, wanted, uh, I didn't want to be a statistics, uh, another number on a badge, uh, working for the next 20 years, uh, and that's when I decided uh, to reach out back to, uh, to Bob, and Bob and I talked about it. Uh, I wanted to meet, uh, get to network and start a construction company uh, because while during my corporate time, I was a uh, small business liaison officer and I just realized that there are a lot of federal spending on federal contracts. And that was kind of what kind of sparked up um, the, the thought of uh, maybe owning a construction company. But what really solidified it was when I retired, you know, I kept in touch with a lot of my guys. You know, one of my main routines that I still still do to this day is that I like to call, divide up my guys and call them every other week. So it almost feels like, you know, I'm calling a different soldier uh, every other week. You know, we, and then we catch up like every three or four weeks. Uh, but I rotate the guys. And, you know, a lot of the, one of the main biggest problems was that a lot of these guys left because they didn't want to be deployed anymore. And they couldn't hold the job. You know, and I was the complete opposite of them. They were a career military, and I joined later in life, you know, with a lot of life experience. Uh, and so, you know, these guys didn't know how to write a resume, didn't know how to hold a job, didn't know how to do an interview. And that kind of sparked up because I just felt like a lot of the employers, including the employer that I was with at the current time, uh, they were very resourceful, but they didn't really fully comprehend uh, on, on how to deal with a veteran. And... That was kind of my drive with Animal Builders. That's the reason why I chose the name that I chose. I chose my old uh, 
uh, infantry company uh, name as as the name of my business. You know, it has very tactical meaning. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of brotherhood in that meaning. Um, and I wanted to take care of the guys. You know, I mean, these guys really gave me an opportunity. Uh, they saved my life to give me a second chance in life, and I wanted it to be impactful. And so that's kind of a a long answer on why uh, who I was before I became an entrepreneur. That's a wonderful answer. That's amazing. And what made you decide to own your own business? I felt like, you know, I, I guess I could have worked for other organizations, but I just felt like if I wanted to be hands-on, um, have control of of what I wanted to do to cause change, um, I felt like being... Um, being a business owner, the decision making on how I wanted to do it was in my hands, and not through anyone else's standards or regulations, um, and that I could be a little more free, free with the resources that I had that I can create within my own company to go do what I felt was the right thing. And then, you know, this actually started off as a concept and principle, but the the principle kind of took took off. Um, in the Bay Area, and you know, a lot of people really gained a lot of uh, attraction, um, and so uh, that's mm-hmm. the mainly main reason why I just knew that I was I could build something that eventually the goal was half of my my firm at some point, you know, that that they would be half of it would be for veterans. It would be veterans mm-hmm. employed at fifty percent rate. And that's the goal that I'm striving for. That's great. That's great. Um, wonderful. Thanks. All right. So describe it in the beginning. Was it uh, easy? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely not easy. I, you know, you know, when I was sitting in uh, Walter Reed, you know, going through the age classes and then going through the entrepreneur, you know, when we have an idea, it's, it's very, it's very lively, right? I mean, you can, you can feel your, your energy, your creativity, um, just kind of overflowing. It was, you know, a lot of motivation, a lot of energy. But putting that energy into work takes a lot of planning, a lot of, uh, a lot of thinking on how to make, on how to make it work. You know, you're trying to put something that, that is a conceptual idea in, in, into execution. Um, I didn't really have a lot of uh, good night's uh, sleep uh, probably in the first two years of starting the company. Really? That's interesting. <laughs> has, it got, has it gotten better? Uh, it's definitely gotten a lot better. I still don't think I, I sleep as well. Uh, you know, as the company's growth, uh, you know, there are a lot of other new problems. And they're good problems to have. Uh, I wouldn't trade it in uh, for anything. Um I think being a business owner gives you the kind of the vision um, on creating what it is that you you're, that picture that you want to paint. Um, it, it's definitely an adventure. I see that the challenges along the way kind of give, builds character to the painting, um, and I say that gracefully because I know you know I'm very fortunate to have the resources that I have. Uh, and a lot of support to, 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 to make it happen. And so, you know, whether it was hard or it was easy during this process, every moment was to enjoy because, honestly, you know, on May, May 10th of 2008, 
really this opportunity when I was on that battlefield, you know, there was really a very slim hope, you know, on mm. human. So to me, this is like one big, huge adventure. Um, it's exciting. You got ups and downs, but I mean, every moment is, is appreciated. That's wonderful. That's great. Uh, your business has grown a great deal since you started it, and so how did you make it grow? I think a lot of it was the growth really came from on how the way we established our teams. You know, and I, I'll explain that a little further. When I had this idea to start a business, I reached out to Bob. Bob, um, you know, Bob got me uh, in con- connected to one of my business, my current business partners. You know, and it became the three business partners. But I knew offhand that I'm not the builder. I, I built stuff in Iraq uh, while we were on missions on compounds to survive. I knew I couldn't, I couldn't build um, in the civilian sector up to specs, up to the way that it's supposed to be built uh, by regulation. And so I knew that I can manage teams. I'm the, the team builder. I put teams together and then they execute. So I needed someone to hire someone with a technical expertise. And, and so I brought in my other business partner, Alan Guy, mm-hmm. uh, was the youngest project manager at Webcorp, and I recruited him to come, to come build the field operation, the hands-on operation. I needed someone like that. I also knew, being in the construction company, that it is a very well-established, long-term, almost lifelong uh, networking uh, process that, you know, a young face like this to enter into the arena, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be taken seriously. So the business partner, uh, who was Richard Leiter, who Bob connected me with, was only going to validate my business plan with some of the big players in the Bay Area. And that's all he wanted to do. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm actually asking you if you want to come be part of this partnership um, because he held... He had all these other connections and network, and I needed some leverage into the door for that. And he's obviously a well-established um, gentleman in the construction industry. And, you know, it took some time, but I, I you know, he was persuaded to come join, and he eventually joined. You know, we've been in business for five years, and every year we've grown. You know, I've had to put together teams to kind of attack the growth so that we can stay above the, the curve to maintain ourselves to make sure that we build the success we want, you know, and uh, and I really think the the growth of the company has been really been about the teams that we have established out in the field and also inside the office um, to make sure that all pistons are running uh, at equal level. And so I think that's really where the huge success has been. That's great. Now, how do you select people and recruit them to your business? The the selection process is really. Um, well, first, it starts off with the needs of the company, right? I mean, we want to keep as overhead as low as possible. I mean, we we really um, all the all the profits that are earned are really re- reinvested back into the company. Um, we want to make sure that we're taking care of our field team and our our um, ex- our project management team. And so, when we select someone, you know, we're selecting them on based on first of all, what is their experience. Um, mm-hmm. What is their character like? And will those two things, will those two things will actually, will character match with what the culture of our company is about? And, you know, 
they'll go through several rounds before they actually even get an offer letter. So what happens is, you know, one of the project managers will say, you know, I need so-and-so. So he'll go out and recruit, you know, we'll place an ad, and then we'll start the selection process. So we'll have a, a bunch of candidates, and um, it, they'll be interviewed on the hands-on level, which is the level that, that needed the position. And then once they pass that level, they go up to the next level, which is you, normally a project manager or the operation managers will, will give the second interview. Um, and then that particular level, you know, they'll have their specific questions or their, you know, their concerns that they want to address. And if you make it through that level, then you get to me, you know. Mm -hmm. And basically when you reach my level, I want to make sure that this isn't just a, I mean, you, obviously everyone's in it for the money. You, you know, you obviously got the, the salary part of it takes care of, of them and their families, but I want to make sure that they're buying into the concept, the principle of what animal culture is all about um, because that goes more of a long way. And, and, ho and hopefully by the time they reach that point, you know, that, those are things that have already um, been recommended to me uh, or reported back to me that, you know, so-and-so really is excited about this because working for a small company isn't really – you're not always getting uh, the best deal, right? But you're, what you're banking on is you get your own voice in the company. You get to be part of that team, part of that growth, and it's exciting. You know, it's exciting for me to see, uh, you know, my, my team be able to give their own input to make the process more efficient, to, be, uh, to have the more experience, to, to really be successful on execution because technically it's, you know, it's really a them that's building it, and I just feel like it builds the confidence. And so that's kind of our selection process. I mean, I'll kind of explain a little bit more uh, to, to that question, but, you know, we really go through a grueling process to select. Um, you know, it's, and it's okay, you know, it's kind of a, uh, it kind of burns up some time, but you know what, you really want to have the right, the right personnel in filling in the shoes. Otherwise, what happens is, you know, you're burning one, you're burning a lot of time. Number two, it's you know it's like a small cancer growing. You know if it does if that's mm -hmm. not a match, you eventually lose production uh, over time if you don't hire the right person and take the time to make due diligence of that. Sure. And and have you reached a goal of fifty percent veteran? Uh no, we have not. Um, mm -hmm. We're right now we have probably about five veterans on staff. You know. Through over the years, I can honestly say that we've had probably about seven to eight veterans in, but I mean, over this last year, we took a really huge growth, but you know, the great thing about my team is that they really bought into the concept of making sure uh, that we hire veterans, uh, and then giving a veteran an opportunity. Mm -hmm. A veteran is willing, uh, more than willing to earn the position, the, the, the employment, uh, once they get hired on, and um, we're we're hoping to expand that. I mean, right now we're a staff of of uh, about sixty, and we have about five, so we're about about anywhere between nine to ten percent. Um, and obviously, as we continue to grow, we'll continue to look for the right veterans um, to come work for us. Great, great. Did you need funding for your business, and if so, how did you get it? Uh, our our funding really, our investment really started off with with a ten thousand dollar investment because as a service disabled veteran firm, 
I'm the 51% owner. Um, so that was very crucial that the business partner couldn't put any more into the firm uh, unless I, I put in 51% of it. And at the time in 2009, you know, when this was all, you know, all talk and stuff like that, you know, I had saved up probably about $5,100 knowing going into this that I needed to put down, down some investment. Um, so the total investment, initial investment was 10000 10, and now, you know, we're, we're, this year when we close our books, we'll be a 17 and a half million dollar firm. So we, wow. you know, the sacrifice was really not taking any money out of, out of the firm for the first two years. So it pretty much lived off my, my, uh, my contract, my last contract of the year with North Grumman, uh, my savings, uh, you know, there were some rough times. Obviously, you know, that put a, I had to restrict my own personal spending to make sure that the, the company was heading out. We were making profitable and making the money we needed to make so that we can support our staff. I support our team first before we paid ourselves out. And we haven't really gotten a, a real salary until recently a year ago. So. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's rough sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is rough, you know, but I think, you know, sometimes you have to make the sacrifices. Uh, you know, you keep, it keeps you on your toes and on your feet. Uh, on how the way you want to maneuver your company, you know. It's, I mean, we're fast growing. We could have easily taken a, a huge salary right off the bat, but now we're we're limiting ourselves to to the um, to building out our team, you know, building out our cash reserves, you know, to put the right things in place. You know, we had to make those sacrifices. So it was it was scary, but it was looking back at it now, it was definitely all worth it. Great. Um, who have been the most important people uh, to help you with your business in creating and then building your business? Um, you know, I know this is going to be a, probably a very different answer. I think I'm, a, I'm married and I have a son. I think if my family wasn't, my wife Nadine, if she wasn't supportive of this, I don't really know if if I would have made it to this point, you know, there, like we said, there were some pretty rough times. You know, we obviously had to restrict our own personal spending. Uh, we didn't take a salary. Everything that came out of savings, um, you know, I had to communicate this with my wife, and she had to be on board. And I think, you know, if you're owning your own business, your family is a very essential part because that's kind of your motivating factor um, on why you're partly doing this because at the end of the day, you want to be profitable so that you can take care of your family. Uh, along with taking care of our veterans and taking care of our team. Um, I have to say, you know, she was a, uh, a very strong pillar for me. There were certain days I came home, you know, not being the construction expertise, you know, it's very frustrating. You know, in, in the military, it's a little bit different, right? You're trained on things. You're trained on it day after day after day. You become an expert at it. I was walking into a business where my core competency was I know I can manage a team. I know I can manage a business, but the construction technical side of things, you know, wasn't really my first hand. And so it was a little scary because I, it took me a long time to, to, to learn. I mean, I'm still learning now. Um, but 
I have to give a lot of credit. The most important person was really my wife standing by me and saying, you know, continue to do it. You know, if things don't work out, if, if it went, if it went, if it did go that way, that mm-hmm. we would still be here. And I think that's number one. I think the second group of people that has made this uh, been truly a, the other pillar in my life are my business partners. You know, I had to learn to trust these guys blindly because I, I mean, I met these guys through Bob. Um, you know, and I didn't know him for that long period of time. I didn't like, it's not like I knew him for over years. Uh, but I can tell I had my own screening process with them. I can tell these were the right guys because, number one, they both had some sort of military connection. One of my business partners, his dad was a um, military uh, dentist. And then mm-hmm. the other business partner, you know, his father was a military surgeon, you know. And so that helped because I knew they came from a military background that they would understand uh, the core values that I wanted to bring to Anvil. And so those guys have really, really um, been a, uh, my, my, right-hand, my right-hand guys to make sure that this is successful, especially when one deals with business development network and the other one deals with um, the, op- the, you know, the operation out in the field. Uh, they give me a peace of mind you know, to continue to, to run the internal team and to make sure that we move forward from where we want to go. Uh, so that's been kudos to them. And, you know, I couldn't be more grateful that I had okay. such great business partners. Wonderful. That's great. Um, now, you uh, have very large projects, as I understand it. And so how do you get one of those projects, and how long does it take to get one of those sales? Um well, these days, it seems like it's a little bit easier for us to, to kind of bid after work, uh, you know, because we've built up our, our brand and our, our name mm-hmm. in the industry here in the Bay Area. But when we first started, it was very hard. I mean, a lot of, uh, during 2009, 2010, there were a lot of reports of, like, service disabled veteran firms or small minority business enterprises that were uh, cheating the system. There were a lot of scandals. And so a lot of the big federal agencies, state agencies, uh, large prime contractors, they didn't want anything to do with the, with the veteran firm or a, a minority firm or a small business, least to say. Um, and it took, really took a couple of years to kind of uh, validate to them that, you know, we are a legitimate company. I think that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges. And so our, our, the way that we get business is through a public bid, and, you know, it's a fair playing ground, you know, an opportunity gets posted with that agency or with that prime contractor, and you got to come with your team, with your number, to make sure, you know, you're either right along the budget, that you can, when you estimate the job, that you're able to get that job with, and you're not doing it for free, you know. I think the first two years, that's what we did, was that we, we did a lot of these jobs, or, um, to build a what we call the resume building stage, and mm-hmm. uh, we took a lot of jobs that you know not a lot of people want. Um, we went after it, you know, put some some decent margins on it, enough to to be lower than the rest of the people that we we're competing with, and that's how we build our uh, our, our 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 business model to 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 gain work will always be the public bid model. Um, we haven't had any negotiated contracts 
yet. Uh, maybe, maybe there's been one or two on the private side, but we're mostly a state and federal contractor mm-hmm. uh, and city contractor. So, you know, everything is out in the open. It's a transparent process. Uh, it's a competition, you know, and there's, there's nothing more than we like it than competition. You know, that's how the way, that's how the way we perform. That's great. Um, so, someone in your organization must do the revenue planning and the budget and, and managing the financial uh, information that's coming in and, and uh, uh, the plans for the next year, et cetera. Uh, who is that? Is that you? So, I do the, uh, the revenue plan and uh, I come up with the budget. Uh, it's my vice president of finance. Her name is Ann Howard. Uh, she just recently got promoted to vice president of finance. She was our controller. And let me tell you something. It, the, when you have a good controller that can, that can report back to you uh, with some legitimate numbers and an accurate view of what your books look like, oh, my God. I mean, the growth was tremendous when we brought her onto our team. So two years ago, what we did was we hired her like a bookkeeper, Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, it was on QuickBooks. And, you know, we we were growing, but we weren't really, we didn't really have a good picture of where our financial position was at. And then when I brought on Ann, who I met through um, a class for our contractors, we brought on to the team. She was able to kind of give us the tools and resources to compare uh, our our history with what we want to do and forecast that, a year out, um, and so the growth when she came on to now, I think every year we've had almost 100, 150% to 200% growth uh, since she's been brought on, and so she reports to us uh, every Monday, she gives us the financial standings of what went on during the last week, how much money came in, how much money went out, uh, you know, we report, we let her know and say, hey, you know, this is what we're looking to, to buy equipment-wise. Or, you know, this is how many projected labor we think we're going to have um, in the next six months. Can you, can you look at it? And she's just, you know, she, she communicates with us and lets us know where we're at so that we're at day, that we're not, we're not uh, thinking that we're, we're doing a lot better one than what we are. You know, more, she's more of a my reality check person. That's great. Knowing where you are is important. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I assume your business is profitable. Our business is profitable. That's terrific. That's great. So what would you say are the most difficult parts of operating a business in your industry? I think um, it's definitely perception. I think the perception of how a business is will depend on, on how, you, how you present to others is really going to be how the way um, – it's going to show people how strong your business is going to be at. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest issues in the construction industry, especially as a small business, a minority-owned business, a service-disabled veteran business, and a veteran-owned business, is that, you know, they're all perception of entitlement. And the last thing that any firm wants uh, to do business with is an entitlement firm. And what I mean by that is that going back to that 2009-2010 era when there were a lot of scandals, a lot of these firms were either pass-through where it was just a, 
an empty company where a larger company would funnel money through and so that they can get more work. Um, the other one was a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking out here. That's all right. Um, so, companies so, that felt like they were entitled. So, you know, mm-hmm. starting off the conversation uh, that, oh, I'm a service disabled veteran firm, we need to do business, you need to give me some work. I think it was the wrong perception of things. I think, uh, and so we had to fight that persona. And then one of the biggest things was that people automatically assume you're a broker firm because they look at you, and my perception, I'm, I'm 35, you know, I like to think I'm still young. Um, but people and, and people, you are yeah. <laughs> thank you you know they'll look at me and they'll say well you know what do you know about the construction industry but they don't know that yes I may be the, the, the one of the young business partners but you know the firm that we put together has vast experience and so what I always like to go into is mention our core competency what we do what we stand for what projects we've done how we've done it at the end of the conversation if it needs to be brought up, you know, they say, well, you know, we're looking for small business. Then I'll say, hey, you know, we are certified in these areas. But that's not, you know, I don't like to give the impression, the impression of entitlement. Um, because usually, I, to my experience, 99% of the time, they'll turn, mm-hmm. their, they'll turn their back on you anyway. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's no confidence in that. When, rather than when you start with, this is what we do, and you can show them your resume of what you can do. Gotcha. So I think heading into this industry, perception was probably my biggest, my toughest, actually, challenge on operating this business. Great. That's great. Uh, all right. So the most rewarding thing about running your own business, what would you say that is? Is that I'm able to give uh, veterans um, an opportunity to come mm-hmm. work with me. And I'm able, been able to, to increase that awareness here in San Francisco, which is a city uh, that supports veterans, but they're not, they're not, they're not known for it, and they don't really understand it. Uh, and so, that has been the most rewarding, been able to to create some of those opportunities, uh, and then just being a part of that community factor, still making a difference. Are there any other pieces of advice that you would like to give? the 100 entrepreneurs audience? I, d- I definitely do. I, I think if you're, if you're looking to start your own business, I think having that passion, having that excitement um, is a first step, like really know what you want to do, and then really put the work into it. You know, I mean, I literally had to work two jobs while I was creating Anvil and then sacrifice a lot of my time with my family and and stuff like that, but it's all worth it, you know, as long as you don't quit, uh, continue to move on, there are always going to be obstacles, I think I, I deal with obstacles every day, it's almost kind of now become part of my routine, um, you know, but this is the reason why you started this, is because it was an adventure in itself, and I think, you know, having an assignment is great, but you got to have a real good business plan, and and then you also got to have a backup plan as well, um, and the reason why I say that is that when we first started this business in 2010, we wanted to be a federal contractor out of the gate. Well, that's great and all, and everyone wants a service-disabled veteran firm that can, that can do their own work, but no one said that you needed three years of corporate 
uh, resume in order to do that uh, with our company. And so if we weren't fast on our feet, you know, we started looking for city work right away to kind of build that experience um, and change our gears. You know, we had a backup business plan that we went to right away um, that's kind of helped us out with our growth. And now we're in the federal market. Uh, having a good backup plan is, is probably my best advice. And, you know, just know that it's going to be, it has to be flexible and you have to adapt as you go along because it's never really going to go the way that you truly want it to go. Um, and enjoy every minute of it. I guess if I was going to give anyone a piece of advice, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't like taking risks or you don't know how to manage the risk, then you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur. I, I think you have to kind of enjoy it. Uh, it's not a roller coaster ride. You know, you go all the way to the top, you're going to hit the bottom, you're going to go swirl up and around, uh, around the place, but that's what a business, you know, being an entrepreneur is about. You just gotta be able, have to be able to stomach it, and I think if you can get through that, I think the years to come, I mean, you'll have a successful business. That's great. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you so much, HP. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Oh uh, no, uh, for having me, and I appreciate it, Amanda.